0: Welcome to Fuller Speed Ahead. I'm Craig Fuller here with Will O'Donnell, the head, the man, <laughs> the managing director of ProLogis Ventures. You know more about warehouses than anybody else in the country,
1: in the world. <laughs> it's a slight hyperbole. Uh, but <laughs>
0: well, yes. you are the expert at sort of the intersections of ProLogis Ventures is a uh, part of ProLogis, the massive warehouse REIT. Yep. Uh, and you guys are responsible for looking for innovative ideas to invest in and really stay pay attention to what's happening uh, around innovation.
1: Yep. So I've been at the company for 16 years. Uh, as you alluded to, Prologis is the largest global owner of logistics real estate. So we own over 800 million square feet of logistics facilities in 19 different countries. Uh, we launched the Prologis Ventures in March 2016 and it was really... How as a company do we stay ahead of what's next? So how do we look outside our four walls, see where disruptive trends are occurring, how the industry is evolving, um, and really figure out how we can bring technology back into the company, but also find new value and services for our customers.
0: So you were there. You guys started 16. Yeah. What, what did you do before you? Took over the venture.
1: Uh, pretty wide variety of roles. My first seven or eight years there, I was uh, responsible for a lot of our international expansion. So was involved in our setting up our business platform in, in Mexico, opened up China, India, South Korea. Um, 2008 happened, uh, so had to shut down India, uh, but got into capital raising to raise some funds. Uh, oh, there I am. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're now on screen. I mean, We're on
0: screen. It's a little bit distorted at the bottom, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I've been told I have a face for radio, so <laughs>
1: no one's going to miss seeing me. Uh, uh, so, got into capital raising, uh, worked in M&A, so I was on um, the A&B side, of, and uh, 2011, A&B and Prologis merged um, to form a joint entity. I worked in the M&A there, and afterwards... Did workouts, so managed six of our private equity funds that were in various states that needed to get restructured. So did that for a while, got back into capital raising, uh, raised a a $4 billion fund in the U.S., and then um, left the company for a short period of time and then actually came back to start ventures.
0: So, I mean, industrial REIT, industrial warehousing is a super hot sector, and arguably,
1: it is the hottest sector in real estate right now. Mm -hmm. Um, why? When he is? I think it's a couple factors. Um, from a real estate return perspective, it's been. I think the industry recognized that the cash flow of the credit of the our customers is equivalent to any other sector. So you're getting the Amazons, the DHLs, the WalMarts the world. They lease warehouses. They sign long-term leases. Um, from a Ownership perspective compared to an office building where you're spending significant amount of money every time you're releasing it to fit out do the tenant improvements warehouse is a much simpler uh, straightforward process of Releasing the amount of capital you need to invest and then you look at where the tailwinds are so e-commerce Supply chain as a whole has moved from a cost center to a revenue generator um, and I think for us, it's really been one of the big drivers is our customers are really looking um, how they can grow their businesses and improve, and, and supply chain is, is a crucial component of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it strikes me, you're benefiting, so if you think about uh, store retail front, yeah, the the issues in the retail world are really related to just consumer taste
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the fact that. Where you're located as a as a retail uh, provider as a as a, as a uh, retail uh, stop is much dependent upon um, you know the 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 suburban growth and where these uh, urban growth and stuff. Yeah. Whereas in warehousing, it's a logistics cost element, mm-hmm. right? And so it's concentration where warehouses are a hot real estate component because they're they're close to people, but they also are a bit more defensible in terms of any sort of consumer taste. That
1: takes yeah. Place. yeah, and it's, it's. I mean, our, our strategy as a company is to buy near consumption. So, 90% of our portfolio is in major metropolitan areas, and consumption doesn't change. Now, to your point what you said, what may be consumed can evolve over time, but a warehouse is very adoptable because you could have an e-commerce company move in and use the space. You could have a B2B company move in. You could have yeah. A general retail distribution, because the space is so flexible, you can continually move people in and out. Yeah,
0: and I mean, you guys, it's interesting, this stat is sounding to me about 3% of the world's GDP flows through our warehouses. Is moving through your warehouse, yeah. which, which means if you, if you think about it, compared to DHL, which is the world's largest logistics company, you actually see more
1: freight move through your warehouses than they do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's we're a component of the, 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 the trade, and I think we've looked at it where we're the, the, the hubs of a lot of destinations. So I think for us, partnering with DHL is, is a very important part of our business because how do we co-innovate with them? And together we get a lot of visibility. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's one of those it seems it's pretty astounding when you start looking at some of the big companies in the industry, whether it's ours, whether it's America. I mean,
0: you're Amazon's a big client of yours, They're DHL, largest.
1: Home Depot. Yep. You, I
0: mean, you guys see a lot of activity happening, and in, in many ways you're defensible. But why ventures? It seems like, I mean, you're this massive $50 billion REIT, mm-hmm. which is, a uh, I mean, not to be rude, but REIT's sort of a boring, yeah. unsexy investment which is what makes it such a compelling investment. Yeah. And then you set up this venture group, which you're going after, and you're investing in logistics technologies. It seems so counter to what a, like an industrial would do.
1: Yeah, it, it is. Um, and I think it's part of just the philosophy of the company. Um, to get, when we have $110 billion of assets, uh, and to get that scale, we've really had to redefine what a real estate company is and how we think about it. And we have a fairly large private equity business, we have a large development or a global platform. So innovation and change has always been in our DNA. So is it just portfolio allocation to saying we're gonna really make these investments for, for yield or is it no, more to stay edgy? It's on the to edge stay of edgy and I think we looked at it, real, real estate's an interesting business. If you look at how historically it's been run, you can spend three months negotiating a lease and then you ignore your customer for seven years. Pilates (laughs) is a very different philosophy where no other business would you actually do that. So with us, how do we actually change that dynamic and set a a different relationship with our customers? So we view ventures as a way that we can really understand where change is occurring, where disruption is occurring. Um, Real estate hasn't had to deal with disruption, but you look at what we worked at the office space, they changed the concept of tenancy in short-term space. Airbnb or the OTAs, Expedia's world, have had a huge impact on the whole hotel industry. E-commerce has been a benefit to us, not so much from the retail owners, but the world will evolve and change. So for us, Ventures was a way that we could really stay where this change is occurring and improve both our internal processes, but more importantly, figure out how we can partner with our customers and really give them technology and, and, and services they otherwise couldn't get.
0: So, Flash Real Estate, yeah. Stored, as an example, or flat, Flex, Flex, e or flex? flex. Are you guys an investor? We're in an flex? investor in Flex. You're not an investor in Stored. Nope. We we have a another venture. So you're an investor in Freightwave. Yes. Just in full disclosure, we have another investor, uh, Rise of the Rest, Revolution Ventures, is is in Stored. Yep. So we 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 have you know we're 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 pro. As Freightways, we are pro as having sister portfolio companies.
1: This on-demand flash warehouse, what is that concept? It's really about, I mean, if you think about supply chain, there's fluctuations, whether it's seasonality or just people's business grows over over the years. So when you sign a lease, you're really committing on a seven-year period for this is how much space I need. But the reality is supply chain does that. Like retail season being hot, maybe produce yields... Where's the demand for these flash warehouse spaces? It could be seasonality. It could be that we suddenly have um, a new product coming out and we want to test it out in certain markets. Uh, Disruption in the supply chain. There's floods in Houston. I need to reallocate uh, inventory other places. Um, So it's really a way for people to augment their supply chain with more variability. So like when I was a kid, the Teddy Ruxpin,
0: you remember this yes. thing? It was the talking yeah gear. Yeah, the talking It came <laughs> up and like my dad, it was the U.S. Express was their biggest carrier. Yeah. I think it was like their, like their largest customer. They filed bankruptcy like two years after <laughs> this, but I remember the Teddy Ruxpin was like, yeah. and I had one. And yeah. like, what was cool about Teddy Ruxpin is you could take like a cassette tape and put yeah, yeah. it in there and it would sing to you. But there was this like this massive surge of Ruxpin <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> going through the supply chain. And, and then it went away. Yeah. Like, it was a, it was a really
1: trendy product. Yep. So. And you're starting to get, when you're getting D2C products, so all the, the new brands that are coming out of selling direct-to-consumer, it's a way for them to build out fulfillment now. Yeah. Uh, especially as they're testing and saying, okay, let's test this product in a specific market. Um, one so they can go in and do a test product mm-hmm. in that market and not have
0: long-term commitments. What they, in the flash real estate, are these typically month-to-month? Is it sort of the WeWork um,
1: model? Uh, month to month or does it go on for a year at a time? Depends on the customer. I mean, it could be that they just need pallet space for a week, two weeks. It could be a month. It could be three months. Uh, It really allows variability. So I think the way people are looking at supply chain is there's going to be a fixed capacity that they need and how do you augment it and on top build in more flexibility to give yourself... Are these
0: priced like a spot market? Is it a spot market transaction?
1: Uh, Yeah. So at some point there'll be an index... If futures will come, <laughs>
0: Tommy boy, I don't know where Tom Allen's at, but you may see a futures market based on
1: uh, warehouse space. And once there's enough volume, actually, that could like be... Like K-Ratio
0: uh, would love to
1: have that. So. Which, I mean, I, I think, Craig, one of the things that would be interesting for us to talk about, you and I have been spending a lot of time thinking about how we can start taking the data that's in freight waves and really starting to apply yeah. that to the real estate perspective. So. Yeah, site
0: selection data. <laughs> site selection. Site selection analytics. It's interesting because when we rolled out Sonar 5.0, we added air and ocean. Yep. And over the last couple of months, and really last year, and we've been working alongside your team, you've been yep. guiding us to understand the industrial warehouse, industrial real estate market. Uh, our data science team has gone out and mapped you know 250,000 locations we have a lot of ELD data we know what average wait times are but we've never applied it to site selection data. yeah but one of the things I was a, a really astounded about is in supply chain cost warehousing is only five percent of the overall cost yeah. so you're only think about like wallet share you guys are getting five percent the day. transportation what's that? <laughs> on a good day on a good day so and transportation companies are getting half yeah. and so the, the idea and the concept of helping improve the cost of transportation expenses yep. by mitigating some of the the cost runs and, and high pricing can actually you can actually increase your rents yep. if you can
1: augment that through transportation mitigation. Yeah, I mean, in a simple way we've looked at it: for every dollar in rent, our customers spend six on labor and ten on transportation. Got it. Um, so transportation costs have always been one of the main drivers yeah. of how you lay out your supply chain, where you put your your warehouses and how you optimize that. I think with consumer expectations changing, so you're looking at same day, next day, uh, even puts more pressure on the supply chain on where do you locate your facilities in a distributed fulfillment network that really optimizes the transportation costs.
0: Now, is it fair to say that when, when people are negotiating leases yeah. in the industrial yeah. world, are they looking at transportation
1: costs as well as the cost? Or is those, are those just seven bifurcated? No. no, no, I mean, trans, when people are la- laying out the supply chain networks- They are laying them out? Uh-huh. And it is, they look at labor, they look at transportation, and all these factors come into, okay, this is where we want to locate at a warehouse. Rent's obviously a factor, but- It's a secondary factor. It's it's one of the factors, but, but transportation costs are a big driver of how you figure out and lay out your, your supply chain network and where you want to locate warehouses. Now, with e-commerce, is yeah. there less product in warehouses or more? More. Why? Uh, a couple things. Um, one, when you're in a distributed network and I need to get same day next day, I suddenly need facilities all over the place. Um, second, with e-commerce, you're pulling inventory out of retail stores and putting it in the warehouse. So we've looked at it. It's about 300,000 square feet in a traditional retail network and do a billion dollars of sales and e-commerce is about 1.2, 1.3 million square feet is needed to do it.
0: So there's a ratio of
1: 300,000 to a billion in sales? Uh, Sorry, it's uh, square footage. So 300,000 square square feet feet for a retail network would translate to a billion dollars in sales. Got it. You need 1.2, 1.3 million square feet in an e-commerce to do a billion
0: dollars. So it's 20 to 30%. So
1: the Teddy Ruxpin of 2020
0: You would have a lot of those Teddies, yes. <laughs>
1: Ruxpins, sitting around there. And you also, there's skew proliferation. So as consumers, we want choice. Right. Um, well, you want the skews, right? You want the Like squeeze. when Toys R Us shut down, my he was seven
0: at the time. Yep. He, it was a crisis in my seven-year-old's life because he <laughs> had identified like an experience for him was going into Toys R Us and seeing these massive aisles of Legos and everything, and that was no longer... When he found out they were closing down for good, now they're back. But (laughs) he was distraught. And he learned that he could get a massive amount of SKUs, he could get almost any kind of Lego he wanted, by going online. That was an experiential change. But... It strikes me as if you're Amazon or Lego, you've got to have more of those SKUs yeah. across your network than just in one place.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a fascinating puzzle to solve. So it's, it's how do I place my inventory as close to consumption as possible, but also predictive that someone in Chattanooga is going to be buying Legos uh, in San Francisco. How do they
0: manage that? Do they, do they manage cam... I mean, it's hard to do, right? It's really hard Because you have to do targeted cam... Like, yeah. if, you're, if you're marketing these products... Mm-hmm because of the internet, it's no longer about regional marketing. I mean, yep. there is some targeted marketing for certain SKUs, but you know, ultimately a lot of what drives my son's 7-year-old or 9-year-old's behavior is what he sees on YouTube, yep. what he, what his kids, uh, his friends are talking about, what maybe he sees in a placement in a movie,
1: and that stuff's all over. Yep. It's, it's, um, it's fascinating, and I, I think that part of what you're seeing across the logistics industry is everyone trying to figure out how to approach this new world, to address some of the things that, that you're saying. So it gets into, people are investing really heavily in predictive analytics, in AI, and understanding inventory, management, and placement. Um, it's it, its emphasis, yeah. uh, and and I think everyone is, is working on it. Um, we are kind of observing it as the owner of a lot of the real estate and trying to work with our customers to help accelerate that, but, it will be a really made, interesting. How many thing. investments? Uh, we've done twenty investments. Wow. Okay. And we. So I know FreightWaves. Yeah. You. Platform Science platform is another science. Platform another.
0: Science is there. Who else have you guys invested in? Flex.
1: Flex. A uh, company called Clear Metal. which Just yeah, yep. predictive analytics around container movement. Mm-hmm. Um, Airspace. Airspace. Another. Another. Another company here, here
0: at FreightWaves Live.
1: Uh, I'm Trying to run through the list in my head. Uh, we've invested in a construction management platform called Kahua. And it, the idea is for building these warehouses and be more efficient? Some of it is. I'd say we kind of look at it in three segments. One is how do we improve our core business processes? So how do we build, buy, own, operate warehouses better? Second would be around the digitization of supply chain. So okay. how do we get connectivity in the warehouses, the IoT? How do we get better visibility? And then third would be general supply chain and
0: now, these are financial investments I mean uh-huh. you're actually looking at them and, and saying can you make financial returns yep. you have a you have a leaning or a, a, a perspective on whether the business would I mean because you are because you guys know the space yeah you're an informed investor you're yep. not just making it but ultimately it comes down to financial returns
1: yeah
0: would you guys ever invest in something that you
1: that was outside of that didn't touch real estate or industrial real estate um, I think Something that didn't touch logistics or supply chain, or once it moves beyond that, I mean, it's beyond our area of expertise. So you right? wouldn't even dive into it. We would. I mean, I, I, we want the consumer apps. Yeah. Right. Um, but consumers, I, consumers, are difficult. Yeah, I mean, it's ultimately it's, a I mean, market. a
0: mark. Customer.
1: Yeah. It's optimizing customer acquisition. I think anything with supply chain and logistics that we feel that with our knowledge, our network, that we can help influence a positive outcome, we would look at doing. What is your perspective on, like, cloud kitchens and these on-demand kitchens? So it's, it's interesting. I think, it's, 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 I, I think there's value there. And if you look at the inefficiencies of operating a restaurant uh, and also running delivery out of it, more and more people are used to ordering food and sitting at home. My, and getting, we have a baby. We have a yep. seven-month, and my wife and I don't
0: go out to eat. Because yep. I mean it's a process to, if you've got kids yeah. to take a kid especially a young one out to eat is. Yep. So it's, it's a time bomb like it, it could go off at any moment in time it, it's, it's an efficiency there so we yeah.
1: have not invested in cloud kitchens per se but it's something we've been studying did you look at the did you look at the sim or the, the did, you get, did you guys look at that as an investment uh, we have I mean we've talked to a couple of the companies that are doing it um, it's partially it's so specialized that it's a different type of facility than traditional distribution. Okay. I think we will start exploring the space um, and partnering more around providing the real estate got it. that the cloud kitchen could sit on top of. So I got to ask, Yeah. worst or the biggest pass
0: of an investment that you made, like the worst decision you made to say, what was the one decision you regretted not investing? Cool.
1: That's a good one. Um, that's a good one. I, I think, I actually don't have a good answer for that because I think there's ones, that, a, a number of companies that we looked at uh, that have done well. Uh, Do you have we a just, chance to go back? Yeah, we could go back, but it's also we weren't able to really, at the time, wrap our arms around it, and how could we provide value? And it's hard
0: to do, like, it's a moment in time, right, Yeah,
1: where you have a reflection. I mean, I think back to our investors, the
0: people that passed, the the company, the firms that said no to freight waves is long and distinguished, and, you know, a lot of them will come up to me a year later, like, oh, man, I regretted passing, but it's a moment in time, and, like, you look back at our business two years ago, it was not this, it was quite different, so... A lot of this, just I mean, there's a couple out there. I'm seeing a couple of our people passed on us right out there, in the, the
1: right there, in that. Yeah. Hat,
0: so. <laughs> Brian, I'm talking about you.
1: <laughs> so, anyways, I I, I I'd say, that, I mean, it's we've spent a lot of time, and, and, and it was new for our company to do venture, so we eased into it, and we're being very thoughtful about how we invested, where we could add value. I think in retrospect there's opportunities that we passed on because we didn't know if really understand that specific part of it or we didn't think we could add value as we were as a company at that stage. I think Prologis has evolved as a whole that we are understanding how we partner with startups better and we've just our relationship and how we're thinking about partnering together and, and, and going in front of some of our customers has evolved as we've become more and much more adept at thinking differently about our customers. Are we your favorite investment? Clearly. <laughs> I mean, naturally. what else am I going to say? Yes, exactly. You're on TV. <laughs> uh,
0: we, we can edit it out. If you said no, I would have that edited out, out. No, and... Out. and, 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 and <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're live? Yeah. We are no. his favorite investment. It's yeah. for the record.
1: But, I mean, like, I, I think it, it, it's been... I mean, you came and spoke at our investor day in EY. Yeah. Um, and... It was actually a really good example of what we're trying to do as a company because traditionally, real estate companies on their investor days get up and here's our NOI, here's our FFO growth, and this is what we mark. But Think you guys were
0: rebranding. I mean, yeah. there was a,
1: a rebranding exercise. I can't remember the, the tagline. Three C's. Well, ahead of what's next has been our ahead of what's next. That's and been our brand. I mean, it's for a while, interesting but, for a re. Yeah. Like but it was. It was all about the customer and like most of our. Peers in the industry treat their tenants as line items on a rent roll. We they only look- worry about it when they're leasing and when they're yep. releasing, right? And I think as a company, we're really looking at how we can solve challenging problems in co- cooperation with our customers. And that's what you heard at our investor day. But even having someone like yourself on our stage... It's very different than what our analysts are used to hearing because it's you're giving a very different perspective and here's the industry trends, here's what the impact of freight is and how it relates to our industry. So I think for us, relationships like this are important because it allows us to think differently and see outside literally our box, because that's what we own yeah. and provide value for our customers in new ways.
0: What strikes me is if you, because you a lot of the the deals are done through third parties, brokers that are facilitating. Yeah. This provides you a chance to sort of have a relationship without disintermediating them, still have an established relationship yeah. to show the
1: value of pro versus perhaps competitive properties. Now, and we've, we've started engaging our customers in new ways. So we held a automation summit in Chicago about two or three months ago. We had 40 different customers come in and literally did not talk about real estate, but talked about robotics and automation, had industry experts in. We just did a similar one with HR on how to address the labor issues, um, and that's just very different way of interacting with our customers. And for us, it's the Ventures group has interestingly been one of the best customer development tools at the company because I'll call up and, and we'll talk to our customers about transportation, or we'll talk about labor, and that's a and different.
0: It, it helps establish a starting brand. I mean, yeah. I, we, I think about marketing and branding because we're we're in it right, yeah. Like. Dan Lewis, a convoy, makes fun of me, he made fun of me yeah. at the ABC Summit because I'm wearing the logo everywhere, but I'm like, dude, I'm in marketing, Yeah. and I like our bug. I don't have, con- <laughs> have freightways written across it in red letters. No offense, Dan, but <laughs> you can't see <laughs> me. So he might be listening. Anyways, um, well, Will, I'm getting the signal from Emily. Uh, She's going to attack me with that microphone walkie-talkie thing if we don't get off of here. But
1: uh, enjoyed it, man. Pleasure. Good luck, as always, Craig. Yep. it's uh, great hanging out with you, and uh, appreciate yep. it. Good time.